You are now listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Major Jobs Podcast. Today I talked to a repair appliance technician. It's the people that go inside your house and help you fix up some of those refrigerators that have been not working properly or your washing machines that have stopped working as well. We had a great talk and I hope you enjoy what it's like being a repair appliance technician. All right, so the first question that I ask everybody is, what is your job title? I am an appliance repair technician. So what is your job description? Can you like elaborate more on what you do? Yeah, so I basically fix all of the like larger home appliances. So like washers, dryers, fridges, dishwashers, and so on. Yeah, so... Did you always know that you wanted to work in this field from an early age? No, not at all. <laughs> I like I kind of fell into appliance repair because I had um, one of my coworkers now was a coworker at a previous job and he knew that I was looking for work and I'm the kind of person that like if you give me a new piece of technology like a cell phone or something, I'll figure it all out without a manual within like a few hours or a few days. So the problem solving aspect of that is what prompted him to suggest that I apply and I did six months of shadowing mm. training with it and I've been doing it ever since. Wow. So did you go into college specifically for it or you just did like an apprenticeship thing where like you were just shadowing and learned about the job? So I got really lucky. I did an apprenticeship because the company that I work for really, really needed technicians at the time. Mm. Um, normally they would want you know, some kind of a degree or at least um, trade school because there are like there are even like the trade high schools. Um, some of them offer an appliance repair um, uh-huh. course. But wow. yeah, so I, I didn't do any schooling for it. I got very, very lucky that I'm a fast learner mm-hmm. and I just did the six months of shadowing. Mm. So if you were, say, like a teenager that wanted to become a technician, what would be the standard path that most of your peers take? Um, most of them would do some sort of a trade school. Um, so, you know, if, if you're like a teenager and you are already towards the end of high school and that's not, you know, an option to do a trade high school, then at least some kind of a technical degree would mm. be good. So I guess like what was your starting out kind of like, like you didn't apprenticeship beforehand did you know that you wanted to do this for your career when you did that apprenticeship I wasn't super sure about it um like to be quite honest at first it was kind of just because I really needed a job Uh um but the the more that I did it the more I realized like I'm I have a, a very long customer service background and I just enjoy helping people so that that was another part of the reason why they hired me because you know being good at customer service a lot of times is not necessarily something that you can learn it's something that's you know common sense mm-hmm. so for me it was just being able to do that and mm-hmm. from there it just kind of translated into i was able to help people and i one of my side hobbies i like to play board games and i like to play video games and a lot of that can be puzzles and problem solving and that's mm-hmm. pretty much exactly what i do every day mm, exactly so i guess like we can draw from that to 
your daily schedule so you incorporate those skills but for your actual like day what like goes into a specific day like what are some different things you might be doing so usually so I'll, I'll i'll get my schedule the night before for my particular company i don't know that every single company is like that but they'll tell me where i'm going the night before and like a general idea of what the issues are or if it's a a new service call so if i'm going out to diagnose a problem um or if i'm returning to that service call so it's it might be something that i had to order parts for so say like somebody's mm. dishwasher is not draining and it could be that that day I'm going out and that's the first time we've been out there. I'm trying to figure out why. And if I have the part, I can fix it then. If I don't have the part, I have to order the part and then come back on a different day. So the, the bare bones like base idea is beginning of the day. I'm figuring out if I am going to diagnose or if I'm going to actually repair. So what goes into it if you need to repair and what goes into it if you need to diagnose? Like what are the different hard skills that someone might need to know in respect to like math or some technical skills that you would need to know to become successful? So a lot of it is just kind of, I know I keep saying the phrase problem solving, but it's like problem solving. So, you know, you, you test uh -huh. something and say, does this work? Yes or no. And if that works, then you proceed to the next thing. Um, Mm -hmm. You do need to know a little bit of electrical background and plumbing background for this job. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not a plumber. I don't have to do a bunch of plumbing, but I need to know, you know, how to turn on a water valve, where that goes, like where where to turn it on and off for the dishwasher. Mm -hmm. um, you know, electric, electrical stuff wise, I need to know how to test if an outlet is actually good because it doesn't matter if a dishwasher is not working if the outlet's not good. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a lot of what you would learn at a trade school is just general electronics and plumbing kind of stuff as well. Mm -hmm. So would you, for your situation, since you didn't go to a trade school, would you say like most of it came from experience? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, I it's I, I know I keep saying like I'm I'm very very lucky to because in my particular situation I didn't go to school for it but I'm I'm a very fast learner with that kind of stuff um but I would if anybody seems like they're interested in this type of a career I would very much recommend at least you know like a, a two-year degree at a trade school um it's not something that you necessarily have to have like a bachelor's or a master's for but, you know, learning the, had I had more of a trade school background in electronics and plumbing, that six month, you know, shadowing apprenticeship that I did could have been one or two months. Mm -hmm. And you're you said that, like, you are a fast learner in respect to becoming a technician. But I feel like that doesn't come without, like, being passionate about the job. So did you already feel like high levels of passion for this job to continue learning about it? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's again, not something that I necessarily saw myself doing. Um, however, the fact that I'm able to do puzzles all day and help people all day, I'm very, very passionate about. So mm. it's, it's one of those like almost instant gratification kind of jobs 
where if I can fix the problem that somebody has right then and there, like I've actually done something that makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's almost like addictive for me. <laughs> mm -hmm. And like, would you say that you do it more to you do it more with individuals or more with like companies? Almost always people. Every once in a while, it's um, it will be like a, an apartment complex, and like I'm dealing with the super of the apartment uh -huh. complex, or I like see. it might be the fridge in a, a lawyer's office or something like that. But most uh -huh. times, I'm going into residential areas and people's individual houses. I see. Uh, how would like someone like prepare for that social aspect of it? Because you said that you're a really social person, you like helping people. But what if someone just likes being a technician and doesn't want to interact with people do you feel like the interaction is a big part of the job it can be um i mean you don't have to be a super super sociable person to do it but you do have to know um you know kind of like common sense day-to-day -day interactions like how to be polite to somebody and how to be empathetic to somebody's situation Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you have no empathy for somebody when their dishwasher breaks, I know I keep saying dishwasher, it's yeah. not the empathy I fix, but you know, uh -huh. when, when their washing machine breaks, if you're not empathetic towards that, you're in their house and they're already kind of on uh -huh. edge because their thing is broken. So yeah. you can make that better by being empathetic or you can make it way worse by acting like you don't care and you don't understand. Mm -hmm. So like it's, it's, I do like that. I don't have to do a job where I'm seeing like 50 to 60 customers a day. <laughs> I'm usually seeing maybe like eight to 10 customers a day. So, you know, like rough, roughly one an hour, which is I, although I am sociable and I am a people person, like I do get overwhelmed when I have a lot yeah. of customers all at once. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a nice middle ground. Um, but mm -hmm. you, you just, you do have to know the, the customer service basics for mm -hmm. it. So would you say like the perfect person to be successful at this job is somebody that has a passion for fixing things and problem solving, but also is sociable at the same time. Definitely. Or, or it can at least fake it. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. And we talk a lot about like the positives of working as a appliance technician, but I'm still wondering what are some of the things that like you might not like that much and some things that you might change about the job? Um, well, one thing, so, being an appliance technician, it's very similar to a lot of other jobs that have the word technician in them. So like, you know, an, an auto technician, somebody who fixes cars, um, you know, you, you do get your hands dirty. <laughs> it's not a very clean job. So if you're looking for something that you're going to sit and, you know, like you like to wear dress pants and dress clothes and things like that, this is not that kind of a job. <laughs> um, it's definitely a little bit more of a blue collar job. Um, but I, I, the way that I am, I, I never really cared about that one way or another. I don't mind getting my hands dirty with stuff like that. Um, that and just it's a lot of driving <laughs> because I'm going from house to house to house. So if you're not um, either good at driving or you just don't enjoy driving, you don't enjoy um, being out and about. Like I like the aspect of it where I'm not stuck in a cubicle all day. I am like out doing things. The scenery is always different. Um, but if you are somebody who likes to just sit in the same place and doesn't like to go and travel that much, it's probably not going to be the right career for you. Mm -hmm. And 
would you say like it's mostly like an independent job like are you driving by yourself or do you have a partner to work with um, I can't speak for every single company, but with my particular company, um, it's very, very independent. My main office is in a different state from where I am. So there, it's a drivable distance, but it's like a three-hour drive away from where I am. Um, mm -hmm. My work van comes home with me. If I ever need parts, they have a courier service that delivers parts to my van in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. um, and the only time that I ever really see any of my coworkers is if it's a repair that requires two people. So if mm -hmm. you have like a, a dryer that's stacked on top of a washing machine and we need to pull that out, you need two people for it. It's not safe with one person. So mm -hmm. I, you know, my coworkers, I'm in contact with them a lot because we do have kind of like a, a good community for if we can't figure out a problem that we have going on, mm -hmm. you know, we'll, we'll just we have like a group chat going and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so th there's still definitely a lot of community and camaraderie with that. Uh -huh. um, but I don't see them very often. I don't have to go down to my office maybe once or twice a year. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah. it's for, for my particular company, it's very independent. Um, other companies, you know, if they do have their home office a lot closer, they might be checking in with their office every day. But when you're on the road, it's usually just you going out to houses so it's there is a uh -huh. lot of independence with it oh wow so i guess like on i guess a year how many houses would you have to go to to be considered like successful oh my goodness i don't even know <laughs> <laughs> would it be That's... like uh, yeah that would be really hard to say um i know for my average you know we we have um slow months and we have busy months um, the summer is always really, really busy just because a lot of times that's when people realize that their fridges aren't cooling because it's uh, warmer out. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, around major cooking holidays, people's ranges aren't, you know, your, your oven's not working or something like that because you realize that you were using it so much and it finally just burnt out. So mm -hmm. cooking holidays, it's busier. Um, on average, though, I will usually go to anywhere between six and ten houses per day. Mm -hmm. And I work a five-day work week, just like a regular, you know, forty-hour work mm -hmm. week. Well, sort of forty hours, because the, the way the way this job works, it's basically you start at the beginning of the day, and when you're done with your jobs, you're done with your day. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing to consider. Like, if you want a specific, I work from nine to five every day. This yeah. is totally not the job for you. I, I a lot of times. If it's something in the evening, I'll be like, hey, I can let you know a general idea of when I might be done. <laughs> yeah. But I, I won't know for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so we talked a little bit about like the scheduling and what the job entails. We also talked a bit about what the perfect person is for the career. But for someone that's listening, what are some personality traits that people will need to have to be successful in addition to being social? Um, one thing I would highly recommend is common sense. <laughs> and I know that that sounds like silly, um, but common sense is not always super common. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just like knowing when not to put your foot in your mouth would be a good one. And <laughs> uh -huh. um, that, that goes back to what I was saying before is, you know, if, if you don't, if you're not good at empathy, um, you can escalate a situation very, very quickly uh -huh. and you're inside somebody's house. So that can uh, make a situation much more difficult for you. 
Um, another thing would be having really good time management because mm-hmm. it's it's like I said, when you're done, you're done. So in, you can make your day become a 12-hour day if you're not very good at your time management. Mm, I see, I see. Yeah, so be, and that's, that's because it's such an independent job. I don't have a manager that's looking over my shoulder the entire time. So mm-hmm. if, if you're not good at doing that on your own time, it's just not going to benefit you because you're going to be overworking yourself pretty much and, you know, eventually you'd probably get fired because they're like, why are you taking so long? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, you, like, mentioned that it's a really independent job and that you don't have a manager looking over you. So would you say, like, your personality, since you were young, you've always been kind of independent and that's what made the job stand out to you? I I am and the the funny thing is whenever people ask me that I have flashbacks my mom would always tell me when I was in kindergarten uh apparently my my kindergarten teacher used the phrase intrinsically motivated to describe <laughs> me as uh-huh. a 5-year-old so like who describes a 5-year-old uh-huh. as intrinsically uh-huh. motivated Uh-huh I see So yeah I'm a self-starter yeah. And uh, I guess like that's one of the more important things about the job like from what I'm hearing like if you're someone that is dependent on other people would you be as successful in this job? Um, yes and no it depends on how dependent you are. <laughs> yeah. So it's you know it's, it's like I said like we have a good little community if I ever I think that's the difference is if I ever don't have the answer to something I at least know how to find it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a really important skill for this job. Like, you can't just leave a question unanswered. Like, you, you have to figure it out one way or another. So as mm-hmm. long as, as long as at the very least, if you don't know the answer, you know how to find it and you know how to make it work, then, like, that would help immensely. Mm-hmm. And I guess, like, I'll shift the topic to a different aspect. So I'm kind of curious to hear about some of your favorite experiences or unique experiences that you've had that are like specific to this job so that like some people can like understand what it entails (laughs) um a lot of times my favorite thing is just if i'm ever able to fix a problem right on the spot and people are just kind of like so amazed because back in the day like appliance repair used to be like you would have a 12 hour window you'd have to wait all day and you know you didn't know if you could trust the person coming into your house and now like i have all of the resources available to me like i come in with a tablet (laughs) that i have like i can Uh do diagnostic modes on things like that so just coming in and like i i remember there was one woman that her washing machine was broken and she had a child with special needs. So it's mm-hmm. something that like she needs that washing machine going to the laundromat does not make sense for her because it would be so much more difficult. Mm-hmm. And I had the part available with me. I knew exactly what was going on with it and I was able to fix it. And she was just so, so grateful. And to me, just being able to help somebody like that in that situation was just like the most rewarding thing. Wow. And I guess that's a job that's unique to other jobs in that you do get to help a lot of people. Like, say you are working an office job and you're doing it for the company. You're not really helping, like, other individuals. So that's what, like, stands out from other jobs. And I can see why, like, 
you know you feel so passionate about it and why you like that aspect of it a lot um i feel like yeah because i feel like everybody needs to have a sense of giving and like they need to feel like that sense that like they're they're helping give to other people and with certain jobs that feeling isn't really prevalent prevalent (laughs) and with this one you know you get to experience it every single day so that's something that's like really um i guess like a motivator for you in that you get to see people that are being helped is that is that true for you yeah definitely and that's that's what i was saying with it's like an instant gratification kind of thing a lot of times Mm, i see i see and for your what's like your advice to a teenager that wants to work in this field they like what they're hearing about problem solving about helping other people um what is like your advice to someone who wants to begin in this field um i mean the the main thing is definitely educate yourself so you know you want to go to a trade school or at least get some sort of knowledge of that kind of a background um if not to make the job easier, but also because, you know, like I'm working with electricity mm-hmm. and I would rather not get shocked. Yeah. So knowing that is really helpful and it just, it, it makes the job a lot easier if you know various electrical things like how to, you know, test the voltage in an outlet or something like that, or, you know, what, what the proper voltage should be um, versus guessing at a problem and hoping that you're going to figure it out for one like one of the last final questions we're nearing towards the end of the interview this is kind of like the forbidden question so you don't have to answer if you don't want to but are you like satisfied with the pay and does it like does it allocate for all of your wants and needs i am yeah i was actually i didn't realize how well this job would pay when i Uh first started Uh um but considering the fact that I did not go to a trade school, um, I actually did not even go to college at all. Um, and uh-huh. again, that's not necessarily something yeah. that I would recommend. <laughs> uh-huh. I got very lucky. Um, but considering I did not go to college, I make very, very good money um, at this job. I actually recently got a raise, a very like a significant raise enough to where um, I know I had told you I wanted to do the interview over Skype, but I was getting my internet set up in my new apartment because oh, I was finally uh-huh. able to afford moving wow. to a new apartment because wow. I have this job. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's, it's definitely a career. Like it's, it's something that you can, you can do long-term and everybody's going to have appliances and appliances are always going to break. So it's one uh-huh. of those jobs that there is always going to be a demand for. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. Cause I guess like for different uh, industries, like let's say like the housing market, not everyone's going to want to buy a house at a certain time. But for this, there's always going to be something that breaks and something that needs fixing. So it will always be like a stable job and always like in need for new people to go into the market, uh, into the job market. So that's something that's distinct about this one. Um, Yeah. So my last question to you is, what would you say uh, you want to do or what you want to keep doing for the future? So do you want to stay in this and you're really passionate about it or are you looking towards like moving up 
certain levels or what is like your future goals kind of like um i do want to continue doing this particular job for as long as i can um the only thing that i do take into consideration is that it is a very physical job so it does have kind of an expiration date because of that mm-hmm. um however at least the company that i work for they do offer full benefits so they retire they offer that offer a retirement plan Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's something that I do try to keep my options open for other things for when I can no longer physically do a lot of the things that I do in this job. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least for the foreseeable future, I'm very happy wow. doing what I'm doing and I do want to continue yeah. it. Wow. All right. So I think that's going to do it for this interview. Thank you so much for spending your time and talking to me about it. I learned a lot about what it takes. Thank you so much for just coming on and talking a little bit about your experiences. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Major Jobs Podcast. Thank you so much for listening all the way through. I hope you learned a little bit about what it takes to become a repair appliance technician and what the daily tasks are like. If you want to support the podcast, just follow me on Instagram at Major Jobs Podcast. Or I don't post that much on Twitter, but it's Major Jobs Pod. Or you can just share the podcast with other people that you might think might find it interesting or might have some kind of value in it. Because that's my main goal is to help people. All right, on to the next one. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. If you liked it, please be sure to follow us on Instagram at Major Jobs Podcast. If you have an interesting career and want to be featured on the show, send us an email at majorjobspodcast at gmail.com with your job title and college major if applicable. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, life happens wherever you are, whether you make it or not.